Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Hey, welcome to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show. Nice to have you aboard. I'm your genial radio show host, Rudy Maxa, here every weekend on this station. Same time. As we say, same station. Hope you'll join me as often as you can. Coming up at this hour, look at whether MERS, that stands for the Middle Eastern Respiratory System, is your growing problem for travelers. We'll have an expert on in a moment. What the future relationship between climbers and Mount Everest might be, given the collapse of the climbing season this year following the deaths of 13 Sherpas and three other Nepali staff in an avalanche. Ever wonder how to get to the airport in in town, any town, anywhere? Well, the publisher of the Airport Transit Guide joins me. And Mary Beth Bond, a.k.a. the Gutsy Traveler, will also be in the house to convince you to see Australia by camel. Well, for a little bit of time, anyway. Oh, and one more question. Is room service dead? We'll answer that toward the end of the hour. These topics, a couple travel deals, news coming up uh, in this hour after a quick look at, as I say, some of the news. For the second time in two weeks, a U.S. Airways flight from Venice to Philadelphia had to divert and land in Dublin, Ireland's airport because several flight attendants took ill. Now, I find this quite odd, don't you? As near as I can find, no one at the airline has explained the reason behind this incredible coincidence. Same routing, same airline. I don't know if it's the same aircraft, but... uh, Something's going on there that is making the flight attendants ill, but not the pilots and not the not the passengers, as far as uh, all the news stories I read indicate. Two of San Francisco's international airport's runways are shut down for maintenance all summer. So if you're flying in and out of there, you might want to consider Oakland's airport, which is very nearby. San Jose is a little further away. SFO, as San Francisco is referred to by locals, SFO flights are sometimes delayed by fog, especially in the morning. And with two runways out of action, things could get worse from time to time. Just keep that in mind as you make travel plans for coming to... Uh, that Northern California fabulous city. All four runways should be back in action by September. And if staying in downtown Vegas in June is on your calendar, keep a close eye on the labor situation there, as it, as it applies to hotel employees, at least. Housekeepers, bartenders, desk clerks, they're all threatening to strike at nine downtown hotels beginning June 1st if they don't get a better contract. Now, not all downtown hotels are involved, and none of the resorts on the Strip are either. But check with your hotel before you book or before you travel. Well, it's a battle that involves close knife fighting, politically speaking. I'm referring, of course, to the tug of war in D.C. between one side that supports this week's Department of Transportation proposal that would require airlines, travel agents, and websites that sell airline tickets to provide real-time pricing when they advertise fares. Now, this stands in stark contrast to a bill from the House of Representatives, the so-called Transparent Airfare Act of 2014, that lets everyone off the hook in this regard. Some people say transparent airfare is a... not quite descriptive. Worse, the bill undermines the DOT's authority to police unfair and deceptive airline practices. No other state, federal, regulatory, or judicial entity has the authority to police deceptive practices by airlines. They are exempt from state, uh, you know, state courts and that sort of thing. It's really a federal issue. The point here is that an airline can advertise fares that may make one airline's ticket price appear cheaper than a rival's. But one airline might charge baggage or other fees while the other may not. So that first price you see when you go online, for example, or that you're quoted by an airline, and which may drive you to buy a ticket on a particular airline, well, it might not be the best bargain, in fact. 
Lobbyists are lined up on both sides. They're wrestling with each other. This week's DOT proposal marks a new line in the sand. I'll keep you current on the issue. All right. Is MERS the next SARS? Well, Bart Jansen is USA Today's transportation reporter. He's been following the news uh, of second and I think even a third uh, MERS patient in the U.S., though the third patient apparently fought it off without even getting ill. Bart, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thanks for having me. So what what do we got? Do we have two actual cases of people getting sick and one somebody up in, in I think, Michigan or Illinois who, who apparently had the MERS thing but, but didn't have any yeah, symptoms? They're, they're treating them all three as if they had it. Uh, okay. the, the difference is, is that you have two health care workers, one who wound up in Indiana and the other who wound up in Florida, uh, they both got sick. They both uh, were healthcare workers in Saudi Arabia, and so they fit all the characteristics. The Indiana man had close contact with a man from Illinois in the first couple of days that he was back, and that Illinois man uh, tested negative for the actual illness, but then he later came up with antibodies. So they're treating all cases as if they were infected. I don't want to pry into anybody's personal life, but do you know how close that contact was between those two men? They just said that it was uh, repeated face-to-face contact, and that's important because, uh, you know, the warning has been that the, the people getting sick tend to be either healthcare workers or relatives of the, uh, uh, the ill people. And so it sounds as if there was pretty close contact, but they don't really detail what happened. I, I, I've been reading. I've read two versions. One is that you know this is almost SARS-like. If you're just in the you know sitting next to somebody on an airplane or a row away, you could catch this. Uh, but then I've also read articles that have said no. This this requires a little more, for lack of a better word, intimate contact uh, than than SARS uh, did. Um, what's your read on it? What's the what's the smart? What are the smart guys saying right now? Well, I think that. Based on how many cases we've seen show up, it is not, it doesn't appear to be a very easily transmittable disease because if it was, you'd have a whole lot more sick people. Um, right. the, the, these two cases, the two, Indiana and Florida, they arrived in the U.S. on May 2nd and May 11th. Now, the incubation period is something like 5 to 14 days. So there, people are saying if you were on those flights and you get beyond two weeks, um, you, you're, you're, you're basically you're okay. And uh, they were saying with, uh, you know, the the, uh, the Indiana guy flew from London to Chicago and then took a bus down to Indiana. The uh, Florida guy goes through London, Boston, Atlanta, and Orlando. And Jeez. so, you know, there are hundreds of people on all those flights. Health officials track them down to warn them to say, listen, if you do fall ill in the next two weeks, chat with your doctor about this because it may be serious and we're not seeing more diagnoses and so we're, we're almost beyond the two weeks from the second guy that guy that second guy needs a new travel agent by the way um i, I agree the uh, but the locus of this is indeed not just saudi arabia but i gather the travel warnings uh, are cover almost every country and, and little emirate in, in in the middle east and there actually have been a couple hundred deaths there right yeah, absolutely. There, there have been the, the reason that there's a concern. It's basically a flu-like illness, and so you'd say, "Well, why is this such a concern?" But uh, something like 550 people have been diagnosed, and almost a third of them are dying. So it's if you get it, it's serious. 
And so uh, the, the vast bulk of the cases are in Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates, but there are uh, close, uh, a lot of cases, close uh, monitoring of this in about 20 countries uh, ringing the Arabian Peninsula. And then there have been uh, illnesses turning up in about 18 countries, including these couple in the U.S. And is there a feeling that if you catch it early enough that it can be, it can be treated? Well, they can't. They don't have a vaccine for the virus, so uh, what you'd be treating is just the symptoms. But yeah, they want to get you to the hospital if you have symptoms, because in the worst cases, it leads to pneumonia or kidney problems, and those you want to treat. Bart Jansen's U.S. Today's Transportation Editor. Thanks, Bart. Thank you. Be right back. Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. Introducing Orbit's Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbit's Rewards, use the promo code GETHAPPY for an extra 15% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at orbits.com rewards to get instant gratification or go to rudymaxa.com and look under sponsors. If you've worn a fleece vest to an important meeting, you love the outdoors. If you can live on hot dogs and beans for two days, you love the outdoors. If you wear a headlamp to take out the garbage, you love the outdoors. And if you love the outdoors like we do, don't miss the REI Anniversary Sale, our biggest sale of the year. Save up to 30% on the best outdoor gear and clothing. Tents, packs, boots, and more. The REI Anniversary Sale ends Memorial Day. Geico presents Strange Savings Stories. Sam Tucker woke to find crop circles in his cornfield that spelled out the word Geico. Was this a message sent by aliens? Sam went to Geico.com and saved hundreds of dollars with great discounts. He woke the next day to find new crop patterns had formed. They spelled out, you the man. It seems the aliens were pleased indeed. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, Go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by the folks at Orbitz, who remind you that Orbitz rewards are the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And what's the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Well, earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbit's Rewards, use the promo code GETHAPPY, and you'll get an extra 15% off eligible hotels. That's instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. And that's what Orbit's calls happy. Sign up now at orbits.com slash rewards. Doesn't cost you anything. 
you'll get instant gratification or go to excuse me, instant travel gratification, <laughs> or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under sponsors. I've always been looking for a place that gives you instant gratification. Anyway, well, you know that, you may know that the the season for climbing Mount Everest, that iconic mountain in the uh, in Nepal, um, partially in Nepal anyway, uh, is, is just a couple months in the spring. And this season has basically been canceled because as the Sherpas who live in that area and do some advanced work for climbers, who, by the way, pay tens of thousands of dollars to climbing companies to take them to Nepal to summit that mountain, while the Sherpas were getting certain things done ahead of time on that mountain, 14 of them, as well as three other Nepalese, died in a tragic avalanche. That is the worst uh, fatality of the day on, the, on that mountain in the history of climbing that mountain. Shannon Stoll is the president of the Adventure Travel Trade Association. It's the world's largest community of adventure travel companies and governments that promote adventure tourism. And he has been thinking a lot about this. He's been writing about it and giving interviews. I thought it appropriate to have him on. Shannon, welcome to Rudy Max's World. I'm happy to have you here. Thanks, Rudy. Well, first of all, is anybody... I mean, I, I gather, as I recall, the, the history of this is, is after the avalanche... Um, there were, there were any number of people from all over the world waiting to climb that mountain. There are literally hundreds. I, I didn't know that many. And this is a very expensive prospect, isn't it? It sure is. This is a, the, the busy season for, for Everest, and the, the base camp is generally, I think there were something like 1,000 people there at the time of the incident. So that oh. when all the expeditions start to, uh, to muster up. And none of the expeditions before the Sherpas were killed had, had begun their, climb, it, their climbs, right? You know, I don't know if anybody was higher on the mountain at that point. There actually may have been. Uh, the, the spot where the tragedy occurred, the, the Kumbu Icefall, is, is notorious for being really the, the most dangerous part of the whole climb because it's very, very unpredictable. And what were the Sherpas doing there? They were advancing the, the lines for the next camp, so it's a process of basically making a path for not only themselves to carry all the gear, but also for the clients and the climbers to move through this shattered icefall of, of giant blocks with big crevasses. So they lay down ladders, they start moving gear. It's an arduous process, especially at high altitude. So you basically move up the mountain camp by camp. Exactly. And, and, you know, the human body needs to acclimate. So climbers will move up and then move back down and then move up and move back down. And it, it's quite a process as you get your body ready to try to, to go for that summit bit. And to summarize the news, when, when, when this avalanche killed so 17 locals, um, the Sherpas really didn't want to go back to work. The families didn't want them to go back to work. The government uh, encouraged them to because this, uh, the fees earned from these climbing groups is important to the economy there in Nepal. Uh, but most of the Sherpas declined, and so the season is, for all intents and purposes, over. Again, is that a fair summation? That's, that's, a, that's a fair summation. I, I think that there, you know, I, I spoke to a tour operator, one of our members, who lost personal friends in that. And um, because he's been doing this for 20 years, and so these are people he's stayed in their homes, and he knows their children and their families, and they know his. And so it's, it's absolutely tragic. And he said, you know, the Sherpas are going to go back to climbing and supporting climbers, but they don't want to walk among the, the 
they don't want to go there right now because their their comrades have just fallen, and it's just too it's just too painful. So you answered one of the questions I was going to ask you a little down the road that that there will be a 2015 season as far as the Sherpas are concerned, and as far as we know. You know, I, I haven't seen anything official, Rudy, but um, but my my sense of the of the situation is that it will it will go back to quote normal by then. From what I've read, a Sherpa can make between four and six thousand dollars in a season, which is apparently provides a very good living in that part of the, the world. And the families who lost a loved one in the avalanche were offered four hundred dollars by the government. That led to protests from a lot of people, um, and, and the government was reconsidering. Do you know if they've been any more generous in compensation? And tell me what the industry is doing in that regard. Well, you know, there's there's even some debate about the uh, about if it's the the government's job in that situation to to compensate. I don't I don't honestly I don't have really an opinion on that. Um, I do think that an offer that's made should be pretty uh, pretty significant compared to the fact that people lost their lives. And I think four hundred dollars is just you know it certainly immediately strikes anyone listening as, as outrageous. Sure. Um, but there's another piece to the story, which is good operators. And I know um, one of the operators who lost five Sherpas in that in that incident. Um, they took out life insurance on all of those all of those Sherpas because they're part of their company, essentially the extended company. So I don't know what those policies paid out, but significantly more than that. And so I think in this situation, is the government responsible? I don't know, but. But I do think that responsible operators should absolutely be insuring their their team so that when something like this happens, the families can be compensated. My guest is Shannon Stoll. He's the president of the Adventure Travel Trade Association. We're talking about the uh, early shutdown of the season for climbing, climbing Mount Everest as a result of the death of 14 Sherpas and three other Nepali helpers on that mountain following an avalanche. Uh, uh, was that about six weeks ago or so, eight weeks ago? Yeah, uh, mid-April. Mid-April. Mid-April, okay, further than I thought. Um, well, not further than I thought, about six weeks ago. Um, Shannon, did uh, there are people who trained, you know, for years to climb and save money and went on these trips. Uh, they were obviously shocked by what happened. Um do you know if they got refunds from members of your association or whether they're going to go again? You know, um, this is where <laughs> this is where trip insurance is so important um, for the individual person to purchase. And again, I mean, so much of these issues when a, when a, when a horrific situation like this arises that it impacts not only the, the immediate circle, but of course it's a ripple to everyone around them, right? Right. And so in this situation, again, a responsible operator is going to tell their customer, you know, you must purchase trip insurance before you ah. take this trip. So yeah, because these trips cost. These trips can cost how much? Oh well, an Everest trip can can run um, anywhere between twenty and fifty thousand dollars on average. Right. Um, kind of depends on the the operator that you're working with, the level of luxury is probably not the right word, um, but. You know, you've, you've got the, the more hardcore style where you're doing a lot of your own camp building and breakdown, and then you've got the ones that are more serviced and uh, where the, the, the guide company actually does much of the, much of the, the grunt work, so to speak. So um, it, it's, it is not a, a cheap, a cheap uh, 
thing to purchase. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about travel insurance for climbing Everest. Uh, there are companies that, that extend that, huh? There are. There are. There are numerous, and uh, there's even insurance and extraction companies who will come and pick you up if you're in an incident. And uh, you know, some of them, like Global Insurance or Global Rescue, they'll go anywhere in the world and pull you out of any situation. So, for people who do more extreme adventures, I recommend a, a pretty aggressive uh, travel insurance policy. Right. Shannon, um, any uh, we got another minute left. I don't want to uh, go right up to the end of it, but anything uh, you'd like to say on, on this matter before we say goodbye? Yeah, I think it's thanks, Rudy. I think it's really complicated. And um, you know, on one end of the story, we've got the the tragedy that people lost their lives. But as my guide friends reminded me, um, Sherpas know better than anyone else how dangerous this is. They they chose this profession as a uh, high paying, high risk. Uh, uh, career, and unfortunately, the, the odds were against them that day. I think the reaction that I've seen from some quarters to just close Everest down and don't let people do this, and the abuse of the Sherpas, that's not a, a correct view either, because this, these climbing communities support the entire economy of Nepal. The $3 million that's spent on licenses is paltry compared to the lodging, the food, the the items that people buy, all of the services. Right. So um, my, my sense is it's time to be careful and move on. Yesterday's Wall Street Journal, but Friday's Wall Street Journal, by the way, if you want to follow this, had a long outtake, a long story on this. Check it out. Shannon Stowell of the Adventure Travel Association, thank you for stopping by. Thanks, Rudy. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Introducing Orbit's Rewards. It's the only way to earn and redeem rewards instantly. And the only thing better than earning and redeeming instant travel rewards? Earning and redeeming even more instant travel rewards. When you join Orbit's Rewards, use the promo code GETHAPPY for an extra 15% off eligible hotels. Instant rewards you can pile on top of more instant rewards. That's what we call happy. Sign up now at orbits.com rewards to get instant gratification or go to rudymaxa.com and look under sponsors. Ron Delano, Attorney Houston. Attention, mesothelioma cancer patients and families. The clock is ticking for you to receive your fair share of the billions of dollars in settlement money still available to victims of firsthand and secondhand exposure to asbestos. Don't wait. Call the nation's leading mesothelioma experts right now and find out how much you may be eligible to receive. Call 800-764-3000. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025. Or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 33 after the hour, and for 32 years, Ron Salk has been the president and editor of a very valuable guidebook. If you've ever traveled overseas to and wondered, you know, when I get to the airport, how do I get into town, or what can I do at the airport, then you probably know the airport transit guide, or you certainly should. 
subtitle is How to Get from the Airport to the City Worldwide, but it's more than that. And it now exists, as of this month, an app for iPhone, iPads, and Android smartphones. Let me uh, read you what the a New York Times writer said about uh, the Airport Transit Guide. One of my top three airport apps, anyone who plans to travel internationally more than once in a lifetime would do well to download the guide. And I'm de- delighted to be joined by the guide's founder, Ron Salk. Ron, welcome to the show. Hello. Glad to be here. How do you know all this stuff? Do you have far-flung foreign correspondents, or have you flown into, into these airports and, and mucked around for a week to get all the answers? I'd like to tell you that when you live long enough, you just absorb it, but that's not really the answer. We have a network of correspondents around the world who uh, take pleasure in feeding us updates, and uh, many of the users of the guide um, are into that. They ah, continually yeah. send us updates, but we have other sources for checking with the airports and transportation companies. Now, this you cover about 460 or more airports, but this doesn't just tell you how to get from the airport or give you options on how to get from the airport into town. It does a lot more than that, this app, doesn't it? Yes, it does, uh, Rudy. Um, uh, we It will uh, give you advisories, cautions on uh, dangerous routes, uh, whether it be in an eastern country, bus lines. It will uh, caution you on the um, the processes of taking a taxi in Lisbon, where you have six tariffs, and if the driver puts the wrong tariff down, you'll be paying the wrong fare. It alerts you to uh, uh, things that will make your travel uh, more economical and safer. And the best thing that it does is it allows you to choose the best means of transportation for your particular purpose. If you're going to a meeting in Chicago and you've got to be there at 1130, you may not want to take a cab. You may want to take the elevated train. Sure. On the other hand, if you've got time, you may want to share a cab in Chicago and save yourself a lot of money over the regular taxi fare. So things like this are larded throughout the book. You know, I'm a frequent guest to Los Angeles, and I stay with friends yes, in Pacific. Yes, let me just say that I, I just referred to it as the book, because you uh, and right, I we're talking back to here. a time when you interviewed me years ago when it was a book, and we stopped printing it in 2007 Smart. and converted it to a digital uh, format. So um, I still refer to it as a book, though. Right, exactly. So it was digital. Now it's an app that you can get on your smartphone or your Android phone. I got to tell you, I come to LA often, and uh, and I used to rent a car at the airport, and then I figured out I could save literally hundreds of dollars by renting it, you know, in town, like in Santa Monica somewhere. And I thought, well, and then I was paying like forty or fifty dollars in a cab to get from the airport to the to the rental car place, and then I realized I could ride a bus for one dollar. Yes, $1. that's right. And uh, so it gives you the options for your budget and your needs. Uh, The business traveler has certain priorities, and he makes his choices based on those priorities. The leisure traveler has, uh, with a family, uh, may be looking for a group discount. And we tell, we caution you on what types of discounts are available to the traveler. There are many, many of them you know, pre-booking, a senior with a Medicare card, etc. Wow. And and certainly in countries where you might not be familiar at all with the transportation system, uh, this this could save you a lot of money and a lot of hassle. Uh, uh, you know, even if you don't speak the language, you can have this in the palm of your hand. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just... And uh, those countries, whether it's Sweden or Czechoslovakia, wherever it is, honor senior discounts, 
and children's fairs and so forth. Which you would, would not know by just landing in the airport and looking around no. for a cab, uh, and bus, and train. there's a language problem there, too. So uh, this gives you some familiarity uh, when you're going from point B to point C. You know, once you get off that plane and you're, especially if you've got jet lag, uh, you can pre-plan what type of, uh, what type of uh, transportation you're going to take. The other thing, Rudy, is that um, you've always got the app with you. You don't need to be in a wireless zone. Once you download the app for $4.99, you've got it. If you're in a wireless zone, you can tap the highlighted areas and be connected with the airport, with taxi companies, with shuttle companies. It's interactive, which the book was not. Right. Very, very cool. Now, Ron, if I have my phone in my hand and I search for the app, what exactly am I looking for? Airport Transport Guide? Is that what it's called as an app? It's Airport Transit Guide. Did I say Transport Transit? I'm sorry. Airport Transit uh, Guide. That's it. It's not Salk International's, which is the full name. It's Airport Transit Guide, and it's available on... um, Amazon for Kindle, by the way, now, and it's available on Google for Android smartphones and and tablets and iPhone for uh, the iPad and the iPhone. And once you buy it for iPhone, you've got it for iPad as well and vice versa. And we've constructed it so it's it's, uh, very handsome whether you have it on iPad or iPhone. It's called the Airport Transit Guide. Ron Salk is the president editor. Ron, thanks for tipping us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Check it out. Airport Transit Guide, particularly if you're going abroad. I'm Rudy Maxis. Stick around. We'll be right back with Mary Beth Bond, who's going to tell us about a little adventure in Australia involving camels. Rudy Maxis World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Right now, the Home Depot has Memorial Day savings on one-gallon Bonnie vegetables and herbs, three for just 10 bucks. You save over $7. So let's take a pass on the produce section and start shopping in our backyard. With healthy savings on more than 25 varieties, you can serve up something fresh all summer long. Let's do this. One-gallon Bonnie vegetables and herbs, three for just 10 bucks. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. While supplies last, Continental U.S. only. See store for details. Geico presents Strange Savings Stories. Jason Ray noticed a blue birthmark had appeared on his forehead in the shape of the Geico Gecko. Jason felt compelled to switch his car insurance to Geico and save hundreds of dollars with great discounts. By nightfall, the birthmark had disappeared. Jason's wife, Jeannie, thinks it was probably just blueberry jam from breakfast. Jason prefers to believe otherwise. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled. For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, 
Go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. Welcome to Boost Mobile. What can I get for you today? What are your options? Well, you can pick a phone and get a plan starting at just $40 a month with unlimited talk, text, and data. How much is the plan for uh, this smartphone? $40 a month. Even with the new Samsung Galaxy S5? Yep. How much is the plan with that shiny gold phone? It's got to be like, what, a thousand bucks, right? Wrong. No matter which phone you choose, our plan start at $40 a month. But, but what about... Pick the phone you want on the plan you want. Unlimited talk, text, and data starting at only $40 a month. And right now, you can get a free phone or $100 off a new phone when you switch to Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile. $40 plan includes 500 megabytes a month of 3G, 4G high-speed data. Video streaming may be limited to 3G speeds. Shrinking payment discounts are not included with monthly unlimited select plans. Coverage not available everywhere. Sprint 4G LTE reaches over 200 million people. Phone availability may vary. Free phone or $100 discount valid until 531.14 at participating dealers and select markets for new monthly activations porting from non-Sprint-related carriers with purchase of a new device. Free phone limited to certain models. $100 credit applied towards purchase of Boost Phone. Additional restrictions apply. See in-store materials for details. Want a bright start to summer? Ask Sherwin-Williams during the Sunny Day Sale and save 30% on paints and stains May 18th through the 26th. With colors like pool blue, organic green, and daffodil, we've got everything you need to add a splash of color. Visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store and save 30% today. Find your nearest store at SherwinWilliams.com slash sale. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. If you'd like to listen to a podcast of the show, you missed maybe the first hour or you heard something you'd like to pass along to a friend, just go to RudyMaxa.com and click on podcasts. This weekend's show will be posted by Sunday evening, East Coast time, uh, customarily. And you can find last week's and the week before that and week before that. And you can go back years. You can, And uh, if you happen to have TuneIn... As an app on your pad or your, your your phone, we're live right now, and uh, Rudy Max's shows run, Rudy Max's world shows run 24-7. Now, so you can just have Rudy Max's world shows on in the background all day and all night. Is there anything better than that? I can't think of anything better than that. That's a tune-in. You can go to tunein.com, or the app is TuneIn. They also have a whole bunch of other radio stations and shows there, but I don't know why you'd want to listen to those. And uh, we thank you for helping me hit over 4,000 likes uh, on my Facebook fan page. We're headed to 400 now. We're halfway there. Excuse me, 4,100. Uh, that's Rudy Max at Travel at Leisure. We link to our guests there. We I post fun items sometimes. And anyway, click on there. We'll have a ball. Mary Beth Bond is a writer, author, and a blogger. Um, she writes uh, for thegutsytraveler.com, and she is a frequent guest on the show. Mary Beth, is it thegutsytraveler.com or gutsytraveler.com? Oh, I'm just Gutsy Traveler. Okay, that's <laughs> what I thought. All right, we got the website down. Now, you were recently in Australia. You know, I'm a little sensitive, and my listeners know. I don't know if I've ever told you the story of getting thrown off a camel while we were shooting one of my PBS episodes, television episodes, in Uzbekistan, where I wound up with stitches in my head and a broken right clavicle. So I'm a little touchy about camels, and I understand you, 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 you made the acquaintance of camels while you were recently in Australia. Yes, and so the big question between you and me would be, mm-hmm. how long is long enough on a camel. <laughs> uh, for, my answer is never, henceforth. I've been on some camels successfully. That last one cured me of being on a camel. This camel called Catherine in the town of Hiva was not my friend. How did you fare? 
Oh, well, I was on a, you know, a camel walk. I think a lot of tourists do this kind of thing um, in the Australian outback or by the pyramids. And um, the camel I had was named Murphy. And mm. I did very well, except when you, when you first get on them and they get up, it is so uncomfortable. It's, they dip their head, they raise their rump. They bounce and then all they around. they groan and they grunt and they chew a cud like a cow. <laughs> I didn't know that, that you could tour Australia by camel. Uh, I, 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 yeah, the pyramids I know, and I've done them in the Jordanian desert, but, uh, and of course in, in Uzbekistan. But I didn't know Australia had anybody rode camel. I didn't know there were camels there, except in zoos. You know, there are something, there, uh, it's predicted that there are thousands and thousands of feral camels oh in God. Australia. They were uh, brought over um, in the 19th century from Arabia and India and Afghanistan to use as uh, heavy work animals in the outback. But because they have no natural predators, they have multiplied like and they drink huge amounts of water. So you can fly to Uluru, which is, you know, right by Ayers Rock. That famous rock, right? That red rock? Yeah, and you can go to a camel ranch. And I went to, uh, for the once a year Outback Fest, because they had camel races. And you've never seen anything funny in your life. So the camel I bet on, because that's all part of it, was named Bonnie the name of my first dog. And Bonnie, they lope around this, you know, it's, it's small. It's like going to a, a little town rodeo. And right before the finish line, with this tiny little, you know, person on Bonnie's back, she stops, she plants herself in the, in the red soil, and turns around and starts to walk back towards the beginning line. That, I think Bonnie knew my my camel, Catherine, in uh, in uh, Hiva, or knew you, knew me, and wasn't about to let you win. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, all the frustrated people that had bet on Bonnie were right by the fence, and we're running along with our cowboy hats yelling, go, go, no, turn around. <laughs> and so I had to, uh, some interesting interactions with camels, and the man that owns the camel ranch there actually crossed all of Australia with Murphy, the camel I rode uh, out into oh, the desert for gosh. dinner. I know, amazing. It took him months and months. So would you uh, recommend this to our listeners? I think it's fun. It's all part of the experience. You get up, I mean, a lot of people were doing it. They take 15 out at a time, and you can either go for a small camel ride in the desert, or as I did, you go at sunset, and you watch the sunset over the beautiful dome, the biggest rock monolith in the world, Ayers Rock, and then had an outside dinner at White Tablecloth, you know, oh, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, and eating canapes of kangaroo puff while drinking bubbly. Then Lovely. the Aborigines came and danced and sang and played their haunting didgeridoo music. And by this time, they carted away the camels. <laughs> well, I just got a text from my friend, the documentary maker, Mark Wexler, who said, I spent a month in the Australian desert on a camel trek for Smithsonian. And then he added, camels are nasty beats. I'd second that. Hey, Mary Beth, you can read about Mary Beth's adventure by going to gutsytraveler.com. Thank you, Mary Beth. A pleasure, pleasure. Happy travels. You as well. Bye-bye. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. 
I think this is a nice little deal. The Jefferson Hotel. It's a very luxurious hotel right downtown, about four blocks from the White House. You can walk out the front door, look to the right, and you'll see the White House. Is offering on all American holidays, great American holidays, like this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, to anybody who has an active military ID, um, a special price of two ninety-five a night for two, including a full American breakfast for two. Some hotels, American breakfast costs 100 bucks for two. Um, at any rate, if you are a, a military personnel, this is just for you. It's two ninety-five a night. I imagine this hotel is generally about four fifty to five hundred a night. By the way, two ninety-five before taxes, um, including breakfast for two. Uh, you have to do advanced reservations are required. Martin Luther King Day and Columbus Day are not included, and you have to have a U.S. military ID to take advantage of this package, and you've got to reserve 48 hours in advance. It's a special offer just for military personnel who we are celebrating and honoring on this Memorial Day. The Jefferson will give you on any American holiday throughout the year this 295 room rate. Very, very nice. And boy, is that a nice hotel. I got it. I mean, it is about as nice as they get. Barbara Delolis uh, is the editor and founder of Travel Update at barbdelolis.com. I'll spell you her name in a moment. And she has taken a look at room service. You may remember, gosh, what was it, about a year and a year and a half ago, Barb, that the uh, the big, tall Marriott in Times Square decided where they were eliminating room service and everybody went into a tizzy. Oh, no, we're not going to be able to order food in our room. Remember that? Yeah, Rudy. Hi, how are you? Uh, Fine, yeah, that was you. actually the Hilton about a year ago. And, oh, the Hilton. Uh, that's right. It was the Hilton. Yeah, it was the that's Hilton. Right. And so this has happened in the past, but I'll tell you, this is a huge trend to watch because what happened now is that when the Marriott Marquis in Washington, D.C. opened up just a couple of weeks ago, it was the first Marriott to open up with a brand new room service system. And, so what and what's their doing, setup? Yeah, well, what they're doing is they didn't buy all those carts that, you know, you usually hear and see in the hallways of hotels. What they did instead was create a system where uh, you're going to get a package, almost like a carryout package with the food that you order delivered to your room. You're not going to pay a fee. Um, you may not feel it's pressure to, you know, hand a tip over to the person who's lifting the beautiful uh, covers of your plate of eggs. Um, you know, and so it's a system that is more casual. You know, think of it almost like the Panera Bread of room service. And I think what the Hilton did in New York was they, they put a sort of uh, a cafe or, or sort of almost a deli downstairs at the Hilton in, on Times Square. Uh, but but I, I think people have a misconception about room service because the prices are generally so expensive. I think the average traveler goes, well, here's where they're making all the money. Look what they're charging for a hamburger. And in right. fact, you mentioned the trays, the labor, the uh, you know keeping the hot food hot underneath the, the aluminum thing they pull off the top and so on. Uh, I, I gather that in the industry, room service can, is often a money-losing proposition, right? It typically is, yeah. I've gone down and watched these trays being prepared, and it is really interesting to watch. You know, they, they're doing, depending on what level of hotel it is, if it's a, you know, luxury Four Seasons or if it's a four-star hotel, um, you know, it gets complicated. They might put vases with little flowers on them. They have mini salt and pepper shakers on them. They have white tablecloths, perhaps, on the cards. Uh, it's a big production. And, um, you know, if you get rid of all that stuff and instead do it, you know, like maybe a nice 
packaging system, not just junky forks and knives, but decent forks and knives that look a little upscale, you might save some money, especially when it comes to organizing everything and uh, delivering the items, because it's a complicated uh, procedure, you know, very labor-intensive, especially with a room, with a hotel like this brand-new Marriott Marquis, which has 1,175 yep. rooms. Whoa. Is it by the convention center in D.C.? It is. So it's the biggest hotel in the city, and it's a $520 million hotel. Ugh. So when I hear that Marriott is trying the system at that hotel, yep. it seems to me that it's a pretty big commitment, and testing, you know, it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I expect it might take off. So you, you, you would expect they're going to watch how this works, and if it works, it might spread to other Marriott's around, around the world, or at least in the United States. Yeah, exactly. Already the San Diego Marriott Marquis is trying it, um, and uh, that was the first place to try it, but they didn't, obviously, the hotel was existing. But now this hotel is starting it from scratch, and, you know, look, you're creating something from scratch, and you hope that it's going to take, so it's a big commitment. Mm -hmm. And the Marquis is an upscale brand. I mean, it's sort of just under their JW Marriott, which I get, which is their, leaving aside Ritz-Carlton, their fancy brand, right? Yeah, 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 no, it is. And I'll tell you, when I was talking to the general manager in Washington, he said something that I know you'll find really interesting. So not only is it a money-losing situation to do traditional room service, but what he's finding, and other Marriott hotels and, and other four-star four, four star hotels are finding, is that you've got uh, guests who are saying, you know, forget the ridiculous prices. I don't want to pay 20 bucks for a burger. I'm going to order something in from, from a local restaurant. Right. And uh, so they're skipping the hotel room service altogether, which then also erodes the profits that they can make on it, which doesn't change it. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at Barb's uh, blog or website right now, and the cheeseburger at the Marriott Marquis, this new one in D.C. by the convention center, is $16. Basic Caesar salad for 12 Hot fudge Sunday ice cream cake for 8 You can read all about it. Uh, you can read uh, Barb's posting. Her website is barbdelolis.com. Let me spell Delolis for you. It's D-E-L-O-L-L-I-S. I'm sure Janet will put a link on my Facebook fan page at Rudy Max at Travel Leisure. Barb, thank you for uh, filling us in. Great catching up, Rudy. Nice talking to you. And thank you to my engineer, Jeff Ryder, who makes my words fly through the sky into your ears. And thank you to Janet De Acevedo McDonald, my executive producer, who does all the heavy lifting. See you next weekend. been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing Must Hear Radio on the SSI Radio Network.